Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Hello, kids, boys, and girls. I'm David. Oh, no. What? Uh, yes, today we are covering the 14th episode of Transformers Rescue Bots, Small Blessings. Small Wonder? Sadly, no. No, let's let's oh, not discuss Small, small Wonder. <laughs> That that is a show that does not hold up to being old enough to have like critical thinking. And uh, today's episode, uh, written by Ed Valentine, who uh, has written a bunch of other cartoons, but mostly recent ones. So unfortunately, we cannot dig back in his IMDb page and find weird, hilarious stuff. Aww, does he have current weird, hilarious stuff? Uh, a bunch of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Ah. And also, a lot of these shows I haven't heard of uh, because I'm old now. Is it like, like actual little kids shows? Because we've I've, discussed like how people specialize in writing like preschool shows, and not I, this show. It looks like sort of a mix between like you've got uh, like ultimate like a Spider Man, uh, Ben Ten. Mm-hmm. But there's also Doc McStuffins, which I think is for small kids. Yeah, that's a preschool show. Okay, and. And then, and then I don't know what you would consider My Little Pony. Okay, that's, that's fair. For very small girls, but also for like dudes. You, well, not older dudes. I I would consider that to be more like for elementary school girls, not preschool, but more that like maybe like seven to ten or so. But then, yes, it's written in a way. Like a lot of shows these days that holds up to being watched by older people, whereas a lot of preschool stuff is very developmentally specific. And then I get back into that that story about the BotCon where we got up so early because it was in California and everyone's sleep patterns were all skewed and we watched Teletubbies and no one understood Teletubbies <laughs> because Teletubbies is written for a very specific developmental stage that none of us were at. <laughs> well, I hope. <laughs> but it, it, did, uh, it did result in a great deal of memeing all weekend, even though back then we didn't actually have a word for it, but it was memeing. Uh, but yes, uh, My Little Pony would definitely count as something that is written for a younger audience, but not, like, developmentally, like, in the same way that a lot of preschool shows are. Yeah, I mean, sort of the same way that Rescue Bots is also for, you know, we as old people can, uh, you know, appreciate and enjoy this. Yeah, that's something that I've found very interesting about it, because, you know, I, I have... Fortunately, not had to watch a lot of preschool programming uh, with having young nephews who live a couple hours away. Uh, but there, there is occasionally stuff that's like, I would never watch this on my own. Whereas this is something you might, you know, it's it's fun. Yes. So yeah, it's it's a rare preschool show that actually, it, it's really like, you know, I went over this before about how it's like, in a weird sort of space where it's not like super developmentally specific. So I don't, the point is my little pony is also fine for people who are young, but also a little older. Yeah. So yeah, this first aired uh, June 9th, 2012. And uh, once more, it's, uh, it's David Wise's revenge. <laughs> Cause we are Yay! hitting up the stock cartoon plots. 
We are in Shrink Ray Town, everybody. Plots that always work. That's right. You need to be able. We need to be able to apply that to like. Ah, uh, I should just start writing like short fiction, but just based on old cartoon plots, and then like do something wacky with it. And by wacky, I mean I don't know, super deep and thought provoking. <laughs> Truly, is it? Is this the day of the machines? <laughs> just, my, or is I'll, every I'll day a... the day of the machines? I'll just release a whole, like, anthology collection that's just short fiction based on assorted old stock cartoon plots. It can be called Day of the Machines. This does take a little ways for us to get to uh, get to the shrink ray. So we yeah. start off with once again our pal Huxley Prescott reporting on another Griffin Rock disaster. Yay! <laughs> like maybe why did she drive her? Okay, a she seems to be a woman in in her early twenties, presumably. Uh huh. Why does she have a minivan and not like five children? <laughs> Maybe she coaches, like, junior lacrosse or something. I mean, I guess it's possible she has a minivan because she, like, it was a hand-me-down. So I could kind of see that. But also, as as we'll go into, Kate is the worst. But it really starts off with is Kate is the worst. Yes. But also... This seems like like there isn't another car there. She just spontaneously <laughs> drove her minivan halfway through the the guardrail over the side of a cliff. Good job. And she she doesn't really get a lot of lines in this. Uh, she kind of makes some noises, and those are just provided by Lacey Chabert. Ha! Huh. But she she eventually becomes sort of a recurring character, and she gets a dedicated voice actress, uh, Danica McKellar. Uh, probably best Ooh. known as Winnie Cooper on uh, The Wonder Years. Cool. Mm. Also, apparently now, like, an accomplished mathematician. Yes. And not a race car driver. That's Danica Patrick. <laughs> yes. Also, shill for GoDaddy Web Services. Oh, That's correct. GoDaddy. Yuck. Yeah, they're fine. Also not the one who dated uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Yes. GoDaddy is is fine from a moral I standpoint guess. and significantly less fine from an absolute like using their service standpoint. So anyway, so uh, so yes, her her, her uh, minivan is teetering on the edge of falling over the Griffin Rock Dam because, of course, Griffin Rock also has a dam. Well, yeah, we've seen various <laughs> of course rivers and and mountains and streams and things. I mean, a dam isn't really that much of a surprise. And and I'm well, staring I'm, at my I'm not audio surprised. and vaguely confused because the little recording red line is ahead of where it's actually recording, and hopefully this is coming out fine. It has audio there, but um, yeah, yeah, it may just be a little slow. It, it's weird. It may just be being a little slow. But I mean, it's not a huge surprise that they would have a dam if they're as committed to like if they have a wind farm, you know, if they're mm. this. 
they're sufficiently committed to alternative energy, it's probably a hydroelectric dam. This is true. Plus, of course, as we all know, they're also hiding Megatron in there. Yes. This this is <laughs> like between seasons or something. Listen, I listen. I'm almost certain that uh, Griffin Rock has deep Sigma Six connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Cade anyway. is Cade is normally at least a little weird. This episode, he gets creepy and he gets super creepy. Yeah, he is on his way to rescue this girl because he's uh, she. He digs her. What? Yeah, it's yes, like he—he's got a thing for her. He had a thing for though... her, and like he wanted to date her, tried to date her, and she wouldn't date him. I think is the thing. And then uh-huh. you know, that seems yeah, to be how it's, it's explained. Yes, yes, as Danny snipes at him to maybe leave the things requiring like <laughs> lifting things to the yeah. helicopter and stop trying to make heat wave do like crazy acrobatics for you yes and and he's he's definitely uh you know human splaining this to a heat wave yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he was all you know we have women on cybertron kate <laughs> none of them are going to be on this show for like three seasons yeah. but still he did, well it's, it's very unfortunate because they're like, still there Apparently, Heat Wave picked up from Cave to call women females, which is upsetting. Well, I mean, he's not talking. He's talking about a different species. I think that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But. I think it's fair when you're talking about like a completely different sort of life form from yeah. you. It's like yeah. So like when I'm talking about goats or something, I'm not going to call the the female goats women. I suppose when yes. you're talking about a lesser species, yeah, that's kind of works. That's right. But still, it, it's like Cade did not set up this accident. But he is arranging setting up the rescue to make him look as good as possible, and that's uh, creepy. Even though he, again, has no need to even be there because Danny and Blades have it under control. Yeah, so he he does successfully rescue her, uh, although her minivan ends up getting jammed in a pipe, and nobody bothers to get it immediately. (laughs) No. They say they're going to, well, and then he just the, forgets about it. They tell he's Cade distracted. to do it, and Cade is a creeper, so he's <laughs> occupied creeping all over this generic woman. I mean, she they, she does agree to go for coffee. He's, he's They tell Cade to do it, and he's like, eh, later. Yeah. He's not being a total maniac here, just a dick. Yeah, yes. It, I mean, he is the worst. But it's such a, he's taking advantage of the situation. I mean, if someone just pulled you off of a cliff, you would probably say yes to pretty much anything. They said, yeah, well, coffee, sure. Let's go have coffee. My nerves are rattled. Uh, I may not have was Cade, though. He speaks depreciatingly to Heatwave. Oh, yeah, he's Heatwave is not amused by. Heatwave could just squish him. Heatwave is so ready. <laughs> Heatwave has probably like got a, a mantra he is having to repeat to himself that that Prime or someone told him about not squishing the humans. He is definitely talking about how fear is the mind killer. Yeah. <laughs> also, again, is this really an age appropriate story for a preschool no, show? No. I feel like oh, this is thing. we're like, skewing a little older here. It, it, it's skewing older but like this also like the whole Cade situation feels like a plot line from a cartoon from the 80s 
where we didn't know better. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it's also, I mean, we're sort of seeing this all from Cody's perspective. So this is, you yes. know, your, your older brother is sometimes going to be a real doof when it comes to ladies. But, uh, it, yes. No, I, no. Okay, and, and you have to help him out with, you know, under, not appreciating his friends and also, you know, navigating uh, petty criminals with shrink rates. <laughs> yeah, we all yes. do this this entire this entire subplot falls under the heading of what I I generally refer to as hetero bullshit. So <laughs> this is an exceeding example of hetero bullshit. Oh yes. <laughs> but okay. That's okay. We have Steven Universe to balance hmm. it out now. Well, and and all all of the other rescue team members have reasonably re- have reasonably normal relationships with other people. It's just kids. Yes. It's really just Kate is the worst. Yes. But that makes him interesting, so we yes. get some stories like well, that. Well, yes. So, yeah, we're back uh, We're back at the fire station, and everybody's, uh, you know, sort of doing their own activities. Uh, Blades is going to get detailed, and he's going to get an air freshener, which he's very excited about. <laughs> oh, d- yes. He's going to get one of the little tree-shaped yeah. air fresheners. He's very excited. He's like... He's a good boy. The the show is reasonably good about wording things that seem normal bizarrely from the point of view of the robots, especially from Blades. <laughs> like he gets a lot of cute lines. Also, Chase is going to have an enjoyable what he says is sounds like an enjoyable afternoon of uh running a speed trap <laughs> with Chief Burns. Yes, he's very excited about this. He is. <laughs> And uh, and Heatwave is brooding down in the basement, Wolverine style, because he has to wash himself off, and Cade is being a real jerk, and so he's just going to be alone and mad. At least Cody comes to check on him. Yes, well, because then, Cody yes. is a good boy. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, but yeah, he's down in the basement, brooding, <laughs> muddy and brooding. Yes. Poor guy. That's okay. We'll get a lot of use out of that uh, that mud patterning on their animation models. Yes. I mean, if if he was a human character and this were a show not for preschoolers, he would definitely have a bottle of scotch down. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But Boulder, meanwhile, he is going to the museum and he's very excited about it. Yes, to the museum. Yes, the or the the ha- yes. meanwhile at the Hall of Inspiration. Yes. He's going to learn about human inventions. Yes, and he briefly encounters the museum's curator and goes into robot mode, where he's talking about, boy, uh, this is really great, is what I would say if I had emotions. (laughs) I think he specifically says if I had been programmed with emotions. But luckily, the curator of this museum is a holographic Chester A. Arthur. Yeah, which yes. is, is this the first time the holographic Chester A. Arthur talks? Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Jeff Bennett again. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I did not do the research and I didn't look up to see if there are any, any like wax cylinders of Chester A. Arthur. Ooh. Uh, maybe. I think he was president in, uh, in the 1880s. That would be a real tough one. Yeah, yeah. Been, but he's the president. But I so mean, maybe. someone in that kind of position would probably be who they'd prioritize for wanting to get wax cylinders of them. Yeah. And interestingly, never, uh, never elected president. He was uh, the vice president of James A. Garfield, who was assassinated, and then he didn't even really try that hard to become 
the president afterward, like to get the womp, nomination. Womp. But he was actually kind of a good president because he was originally like this uh, – he was sort of a big part of like the party machine mm-hmm. that oh, had patronage sh- appointments mm-hmm. and everything. And Garfield was a reformer, so he kind of had Garfield on his ticket to sort of appease the like establishment wing of the party. But then mm. after Garfield was shot, uh, he very wholeheartedly took on Garfield's reforms. This is a lot of American history for a Canadian to be giving us. I, I read that, <laughs> yeah. uh, if anybody's interested in this, I recommend Sarah Vowell's Assassination Vacation. Oh. Where she, uh, she takes a road trip and, uh, goes to various sites important to the three 19th century American presidents who were assassinated. Oh, oh yeah. I listened to that as an audiobook, yeah. actually, but this was like, years ago when it was new so maybe that's worth a revisiting now that i live in an area where a lot of presidents died and Mm. and garfield was of course the hilarious uh or garfield was of course noted for his hilarious assassin charles guiteau who was basically completely insane (laughs) i mean the best ones are although he was not incorrect when uh, he proclaimed his innocence he said the uh, the doctors killed garfield i just shot him we (laughs) correct yes Sure. Because they didn't have the the germ theory of disease, so doctors were just poking their unwashed hands into his body. Yeah, just kept sticking their fingers in the bullet hole, and uh, no, yeah, yeah and he would have survived and if they to had find not touched the, him. Plus, to find the bullet, uh, Alexander Graham Bell came in with his experimental metal detector, mm-hmm. and they ended up going into the wrong place because his metal detector successfully detected his bed springs. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that. <laughs> well, that's really incompetent. Yeah, immensely incompetent. Like, the, uh, it sounds like it sounds like a comedy skit, but it's reality. Uh, <laughs> thank also, you, medicine, I, for progressing since then. I feel everyone needs to be informed that Benjamin, my cat, has decided he needs to be directly on my lap and purr loudly. And I don't think you can quite pick it up on the mic, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Possibly. With. If it gets close enough, I might be able to get it. Or I might be able to pick it up and, and amplify it. I should just, like, put the mic on him. Anyway, at this meeting... Special guest, Ben Jen. Anyway, so yeah, they, uh, they meet <laughs> Chester A. Arthur. Chester A. Arthur, and did they see any other things before the, the main thing? Well, forget. Not, not really. They are, there's, a, there's an invention demonstration by Doc Green and his daughter Frankie. You have camera gloves... Oh where, yeah, that. where is the lens? That is a good question, but like, <laughs> that's not how cameras work. I mean, it's it, obviously no. it's like a holographic lens. I suppose, like a solid like it's like a solid light hologram, presumably. Or I guess no, we know that Chester either is not solid because they just go through him like a ghost. Yeah, yes. it could be. Um... I mean, at least at this point in his uh, development. Also, I totally but forgot yes, to use they... the line. Please state the nature of the presidential emergency. <laughs> Well, that was effectively his job. But yeah, I would say maybe it's a mesh of nanites taking the picture, but then nanites aren't actually Doc Green's thing. That's just. I mean, I suppose inherited. it's probably just okay. So the idea with the camera gloves, cat, please, please don't do this. Oh, I think I heard a uh, is that you you hold your fingers like you're framing a picture, and then it takes the picture. So maybe it's like on your palm. 
Uh, oh, that's possible. Or, or maybe yeah. it's like four lenses in combination in the on the fingertips because we see there those are a different color than the rest of the gloves. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, there because you have yeah. to click them together when you touch them together. Right. That's what takes the picture. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could be like in the palms or the back of the hand taking a picture. Mm-hmm. Like so, you could also take a selfie somehow. Maybe it takes two. Hmm. Well, it's like just like a cell phone that way. It's just got the front camera and the back yeah. camera, so it's got one on like your palm and then one on the back of your hand, and you can just switch between them. Although there is a great improvement in that, and you're more likely to take a landscape picture instead of people taking like vertical <laughs> videos, which God, still annoy the hell. How are people still yes. doing that in 2020? I, I don't know, but I love watching local news people complain. About it. <laughs> It is, like, I mean, I can understand, like, old people may be doing that, but it's, like, videos from kids. It's, like, no other, why? Uh, it's uh, pet peeve time again. Anyway, um. But anyway, his <laughs> yes. mo- his, the more impressive invention here is the minimizer, which is a straight up a shrink ray. It's a shrink ray. He <laughs> stole it from ray. a. <laughs> he bought it at a yard sale. From it, it, Destro. It, it, he bought it at Destro's yard sale. I mean, it looks like he bought it from Nerf. Yeah, yeah it, it, it does. Well, Which would be, did, did Hasbro have Nerf in I'm 2012? I'm pretty sure I they did, they yes. Did. I think, yes, because there's like a, I know they made Nerf oh. guns for like the first Transformers movie. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, the minimizer and his, his, his main application for this is you can get, get a week's worth of groceries, shrink them down, and then carry them home in the in your pocket. Hey, as someone who, okay, A, as someone who has had to take public transit, I hardly approve of this application. (laughs) Also, as someone living now during the whole pandemic thing and therefore having to carry home, like, significantly more groceries at a time than I ever had to before. Less often shopping, more carrying, larger prices. Oh, my bill the other day was really big. Anyway, but yeah, (laughs) so it's the type of shrink ray. That changes mass, it does not conserve mass. Right. Yes. So, actually, was that it's was that magic. Mrs. Needlemeyer? It is Mrs. Picking Needlemeyer, up the, yes. Picking up the cart and just holding it between thumb and forefinger. So, yes, it, it does not conserve mass. And, uh, and watching this demonstration, in addition to our heroes, are two shadowy characters, Evan and They're Miles. Just- they're just well, wearing brown hoodies. They look like druids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the close-ups, they kind of do it look like they're they're the same character model. One of them is just wearing glasses. I mean, maybe they're <laughs> twins. They also have the same voice yeah. actor or, or oh, brothers. Yeah. And uh, specifically, this is Robbie Damon, who is probably best known now as uh, the as Spider-Man on the current Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But he's, it looks like he's done a bunch of anime. Oh, then maybe oh no! Uh, he's uh, he's Moomin Rider on One Punch Man. Oh, Moomin Rider, Oh, one of the best characters. Is that is that like a parody of Common Rider? Yes, and also Moomin. Well, that's not Moomin. Like those those weird Finnish kids books or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I no. He he's instead of having a motorcycle, he has a bicycle, and he doesn't really have superpowers, but he tries really hard. He's but is he kid. like some sort of vaguely hippopotamus shaped thing? No, he has nothing to do oh. with, with the the actual movements from the cartoon okay. and their little goblin friend. Yes. Um. Oh. Okay. Fine. I mean, now it's annoying me what that goblin's name was. 
Uh, let's see. He was he was tuxedo mask in that new uh, Sailor Moon they did. Ooh. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> he's on cells at work. But you didn't do anything. Oh, I need to watch that. that that's so, so one he, of those. I I need to get around to it one of these days. Shows because it looks really neat from what little I've seen, and it's actually like it actual has science in it. What? Just in personified form. Crazy. Yeah. Kind of like how Hetalia has history in it in personified form, except also some <laughs> some vague, not sufficiently vilifying the Nazis. Yeah, no, I think it's a lot more accurate than that. That's fair. Don't mention the war. <laughs> That's the best episode of anything ever. Anyway. Ah, so yes, uh, that's uh, that's Robbie Damon. He and uh, yes, he's playing this pair of local ne'er do wells, and they're making plans to come back after dark. <gasps> are they local though, or are they? Just I think they are local. Itinerant, because like later in the episode, they're assuming that this is a device that they brought with them from somewhere. I, oh, I feel yeah, like Chief Burns would know them if they were local and probably have had a stern word with their parents. Mm. Yeah, they they do hang around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're 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 going to be recurring antagonists. I see. I guess they maybe don't... they come over from the mainland, so they're only here part time. Yeah, Chief doesn't know them so well. Yeah, I took the, took the ferry in from Castle Rock the other day. We did. <laughs> Yes. Town's getting a little too spooky for us. <laughs> Sewer's full of mutter clowns. I, I still say that their brown hoodies make them look like druids. <laughs> well, I guess in that case, nobody knew who they were or where they were going. But they'll know who they are after this. So anyway, we cut back to... Uh, back. To you know, it's later that night, we're in the firehouse, uh, we see the interior of Cade's room, which is dominated by a giant poster of Cade. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like, his room is amazingly more him than I would have thought. Like, there's pictures of, like, monster trucks and cars, and he's putting down a new photo of him and his newly acquired by Deception girlfriend. Well, it wasn't actually Deception. I mean, he's downplaying how much Heatwave actually contributes, but... Yes. He did actually save her, just in a rather uh, unwise fashion. Yes. It's it's still creepy. But yes, he has a giant wall... Like, the largest size poster you could normally have over his bed (laughs) to look at himself, and that's... It fits his character, which is frightening. That is the uh, the 2012 Griffin Rock Fireman's Calendar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably the cover photo. Yeah. yeah. And because they only have one fireman, he's every month. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh. No one buys it. Okay, maybe like two <laughs> two people buy it. I was going to say Mrs. Nina Meyer buys it, but as we established previously she runs a B&B so no she doesn't <laughs> maybe her sister buys it. but he keeps insisting that they make them every year <laughs> anyway so this is uh, 
you know, Cody's attempt to get stop, to, you know, get tell Cade to stop being mean to Heatwave is interrupted by a burglar alarm. There has been a break in at the Hall of Inspiration, and they're sending the whole team out. Why? Why are they sending the whole team? This only should well, require see, because, the police part of the team. <laughs> Why do you need? Well, a you see, there are four exits of the Hall of Inspiration, uh, so they can send one rescue bot to cover each one. I mean, I suppose yeah. with the sort of things they tend to have in their Hall of Inspiration, I guess with Dot Green around clearly helping with things at this museum like you don't know what kind of nonsense you're going to be walking into <laughs> you might need a bulldozer yeah uh how and, and that plan probably would have worked if it hadn't been for the fact that Cade decides to just go in yep he's all hopped up on testosterone or something and he's going in and unsurprisingly, it doesn't work, and Heatwave has to Secret Service agent jump to protect him from getting shot with a shrink ray. Yes. Yeah. Well, shot with a ray, they don't know what it is, because they yes. were not there at the demonstration. No. no they should have gone to the demonstration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he just vanishes from sight. Boulder and Blades come in. They also get hit. And... You know, none of the humans know where they've gone, and they're too small to really be easily seen. So they're kind of wondering, you know, are they invisible? Were they shunted to another dimension? Are they... Were they just totally vaporized? That, that sort of vaguely sidled up to as a possibility, and they're like, no, don't even think about it. Just sad. Listen, the show is for young children. We don't want to talk about but it. But they show them standing on top of a tuna can from the grocery exhibit, and they're basically, they just look like they're bot-bot-sized. They're bot-bots yes. yeah, now. An inch tall, I guess. Like I, They're well, the guess... size of a tiny squid girl crying in the rain. Aw. What? <laughs> Reference. <laughs> Reference to what? A tiny squid girl crying in the rain. Uh, Ikamusume, there's... There's an anime about a, a goofy squid girl who arrives at a beach and is sort of trying to take over the world, but it's all comedic and, and adorable. But the cutest episodes, which started as bonus episodes, were extra small, cute version of her, like a three-inch tall version that's super deformed. Mm -hmm. And in one of the bonus episodes, like she she gets lost in the in the woods and ends up crying while sitting inside of a tuna can. <laughs> I see. Yes, uh, check the the news the channel. Okay, <laughs> to see little picture, which I should remember to post when this episode comes out. Anyway, so yeah, so Chase catches tiny. the 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 dastardly duo here, and in the process, also drops the minimizer and it breaks. Dun dun dun! Oops. Well, yeah, and you can't like it's a standard like when you have a shrink ray, the shrink ray has to be disabled or missing. For the rest of the episode to happen. Yes. Ask David Wise. Well, <laughs> yep. those are the shrink ray rules. Refer to previous David Wise episodes. Yes. And uh, Evan and Miles aren't saying nothing till they get their lawyer. Yeah. And it is basically I, like I, that. Like, yeah. I assume that Griffin Rock has like one defense lawyer. <laughs> I mean... I, I Like I said, yeah. I feel like most of their crime is probably handled by Chief Burns going and having a stern talk with someone's parents. <laughs> so, yeah, they probably have one defense lawyer, because I'm pretty sure him having a stern talk with your parents sets you on the straight and narrow. Yes. 
Now, I may, I may just be a simple super science country lawyer, <laughs> but I don't see anything in the uh, local statutes about using a shrink ray. <laughs> Actually, Griffin Rock probably does have strict shrink ray laws. Yeah. Well, uh, Doc Green is going to keep that in. A, Doc Green is going to have to keep that in a locked cabinet. He's going to have to register it, mm-hmm. and he is going to he's going to be limited in the amount of shrink ray ammo he can buy. Yes. Hmm. Anyway, this anyway the shrink the shrink ray also manages to set off the sprinkler system. Yeah. So uh, so Danny is trying to turn it off, and Blades tries to uh, tries to communicate with her, but she just mistakes him for an insect and swats yeah. him away. Aww. Poor guy. And meanwhile, this tuna can is about to get washed down the sewer. Which I mm-hmm. I did not try this myself. Does a can of tuna float? No. Um, because not it's... if it's got tuna in it, I wouldn't think. I mean, it must have tuna in it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not open. Um, you would just I mean, I guess tu- sufficiently. Maybe if there's enough pressure on the side of it to push it, like, yeah. it shouldn't float float. Yeah, because I guess tuna itself would float because it's a fish and fish float. But it, it's a tightly packed no, in a metal fish can. fish have air bladders. That's, That's true. true. Fish have, like, organs specifically for regulating their buoyancy. So that doesn't count. Now, Which is not what we... Yeah, they probably don't include that in the tuna, I assume. No. Not a good... At least I hope not. not a good I, brand. I had some the other well, day. not in the, the chunk. Maybe in, in the um, shredded. Mm. Or called. that kind that has, like, the oil in it. Yes. Ugh. Never buy it with the oil. No. Not Even the cats don't like it. Aww, I my ha- cats. I had like it once it. and ate it, but I was extremely drunk at the time. I might not have done it sober. <laughs> I, I accidentally got it, and I didn't have anything else for lunch. Never again. <laughs> last time I was, I, I threw the rest out. I just had one. Last time I was drinking, I accidentally got a third cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. and and also at this point, the uh, heat wave says that they are the size of micro scraplets. Yes, which, I mean, like I said, they seem to be, like, bot-bot size, yeah. so I guess micro-scraplets right. are not actually that small, like, micro, like, microscopic. Yeah. Maybe well, if... Yeah, micro-scraplets, I guess, are the G1 comic size. Yes. As opposed to scraplets that were in Prime. That sounds about right. Right, like, like six like inches high or so. Cat size. Yes. Yeah. That sounds accurate. And, the, and they could use some cats, because they're promptly swept into the sewers and confronted by gigantic sewer rats. Yes, Which, it's the Battle Beneath 8th Avenue. They sort of... Where's Godzilla when you need him? They sort of vary between being, like, a little scary and kind of adorable. Yes. Well, yeah, because it, it's rodents of unusual size compared to these little robots. These aren't, like, Don Bluth rats. These are just... No, the charming, cartoony, but threatening rats. Well, they're they're goofy. They manage to be frightening. They alternate between the frightening and cute sort of. They're they're like the giant rats from Latitude Zero. It's like at the right angle, it's like oh that's adorable, and then you see them open their mouth, it's like oh no that looks wrong. <laughs> I was thinking like the bad guy rats from Rats of Nim. Yeah, that's that's what I was yeah, thinking that they were not so much like eyes. because those are really scary. Yes. I say, as someone who watched that as a child, the exact age oh, to I'd... find them very scary. Well, the, the owl is more scary because, like, yeah. well, that owl is messed. Well, it's up. like Don Bluth, like, is frightened of owls or something, and and it's yelling at you with the voice of uh, elderly thespian John Carradine. Yee. 
Oh, that was John Carradine. Yeah, that makes sense with the weird voice. Ugh. Yeah, you. I, I'm going to need some uh, some Dom DeLuise to help me recover from this. Yes, it's <laughs> a good thing you'll get some. I will get more Dom De- DeLuise than I can handle. Anyway, yes. so uh, Blades is sort of relating how he's familiar with the story of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. And uh, Heatwave says, well, I don't have a flute, which is an extremely Wolverine line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is appropriate since uh, Steve Bloom has been a Wolverine. Yes. He's been Wolverine many times. Yeah, his, his Heatwave is kind of like his Wolverine. Heatwave is very Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the voice he does. Huh. I mean, it's a good Wolverine voice. It's... Yeah. Bub. Anyway. Better than so, the Pride uh, of the X-Men one. Yeah, well, it's Oi. about like... Oi, I don't have a flute, <laughs> you, you drongos. Wait, have... You dingoes. Has Wolverine ever been voiced or played by a Canadian... Uh, well, yes, the, actually, the, well, you know, the Fox X-Men series, that was all Canadian. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, and then I, I X-Men Evolution, it was Scott McNeil. Yes. Oh, all right. Isn't Scott McNeil, like, actually Australian or something? I think he must he be was, naturalized by this he point. Was, no, he was he was born in Australia, but he was raised in Canada. Okay. Yeah, Australian-born Canadian actor, it says here. Yeah. So I think actually Steve Bloom might be, and yeah, Steve Bloom's not Canadian. No, he's not. California, the least Canadian place of all. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> well, all right. So anyway, least Canadian uh, America. Th- they they get themselves into a bottle and roll it along to bowl over these uh, these rats. It's very resourceful. Hmm. And then they get covered in muck, which. I guess it's consistent on their character models. I wasn't really paying yep. that much attention, but they, uh, they stay mucky. Good old-fashioned American feces. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's yeah, probably uh, not Isn't it Blades that says something feces. about, like, their sanitation system isn't very sanitary? Yes, because yes. he's a good boy. <laughs> it's probably not so feces. Ba- it's probably a storm sewer. There's a big difference between... I mean, for one thing, you're not going to be flushed down into the sewer that's handling, like, toilet stuff. It's A storm this sewer is, is just, like, street runoff. Yeah. Whatever it is, it, it does stink. That might be the rest. Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah, there are going to be things pooping down there. Well, things live <laughs> and grow in the sewers no matter where they are. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're back at the fires. Everybody's very sad. Uh, Doc Green is apparently not answering his phone. Which is worrying. That's never good. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe he was wearing noise canceling headphones, and they work really some, well. Send someone over there to do a wellness check. Yes. Mm. Send Chief Burns. Oh, and 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 also speaking of which, uh, the the something's wrong with the Griffin Rock Dam. So they got to send Kate out there. He goes in his old truck. They think that it's probably a uh, a false alarm, but he decides he's going to go check it out. Also, uh. We we get another use of me latching on to ridiculous things of uh Chase calling for, for Team Sigma seventeen to to respond <laughs> and they are not coming in because I guess being shrunk affects well yeah, they they said that being shrunk makes yeah. their like signal on their communicators not go as far, which okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. That makes sense enough. I suppose. Yeah, if I'm ex- if I'm going to accept a shrink ray, I will accept that. Okay. 
I guess I will also accept it. But yes, Chase is trying to call them and they are not coming in. Uh, and he's very sad. Maybe he can go. Maybe Team Prime will have to adopt him if he's all alone. <laughs> that one goes swimmingly. Uh, but yes. Also, why is Cade's old truck such a piece of junk on this super technologically advanced island? Yeah, it, it does seem weird that the like he says he has to take his old truck to go there. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's, I, I vaguely recall his old truck getting like melted by lava several episodes yeah. ago. So maybe this is like his even older maybe truck. Maybe he's well, got it's, a collection. It's like a 1950s style truck. It, it's very, very old. Yeah. Maybe he just has a collection of antique fire engines. Which why would yeah, Cade it, have that? I don't know because he. I, I mean, clearly, the, the Burns on. family has been here for years, so it's possible they just never threw it in any of their old fire engines. It's possible he inherited it from, from Grandpa it, Burns, uh, but I'm I'm voting that he has them to pose on for the calendar. <laughs> oh yeah, that's possible. <laughs> There's probably a garage full of them. Anyway, so they uh, so also. Uh, Chase shows uh, Cody an image of the weapon that did this, and Cody, be- having been at the museum, recognizes it. And so we've got a lead here. I mean, I feel like if there's any kind of weird super weapon, you can just assume it's Doc Greens. They really should have just gone to Doc Greens instead of yeah. being like... It's like, what did you do this time? Yeah, instead of being like, oh, we can't get through to him, let's continue on the assumption that this is not his, when it's clearly his. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, the uh, yeah the 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 bots they get to the dam, they uh, they are nearly run over by Cade, which they shouldn't be. They just have to stand in the middle, like like you're a turtle. Yeah, they do not know what to turn to move sideways away from the tire or to turn left. Yes, but <laughs> yeah. instead Heatwave actually stops him by throwing and, a nail uh, in the tire. Throws a nail into the tire. And so Cade's still oblivious. He climbs down to this rickety-ass platform that is just hanging off the side of the dam to check out what the error message is. That's a great idea. Totally do that. Yeah, that's a great place to put the error message device. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. Put that on an app on your phone. Yeah. Put it at the top. Put it on both ends of the the dam. Or also, here's your error message. You never cleared that SUV out of there. <laughs> like you would think he would remember that at some point, but no. Whoa, hey, sounds like somebody's rolling to the rescue. Also, right yes, there is an apparently <laughs> an emergency here in the vicinity of my apartment. Dun 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 dun. dun. Go, go for it. That was me trying to do the rescue bots. Music. Hopefully, it's it not like my neighbors getting arrested or anything. It's probably not. Yeah, bad news, there's a giant truck full of exploding poison coming through your town. <laughs> That's not oh, no. surprising. It's that Burt Reynolds guy driving it, you're in you're in trouble. <laughs> oh no, not another cannonball run sequel. They got progressively worse. <laughs> the the last one was so bad they I think it was only released in Canada. Mm. Oh, and then my cat decided to to leave. He's, he's gonna go. Che- to he's rescue. gonna go check it out. He's gonna go see what the cops are up to. <laughs> he's tra- he's, his meows translate to cheese it. It's the fuzz. <laughs> he's he's gotta go hide his catnip stash. <laughs> so 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 we're we're back at we're we're at Doc Green's place now. He was wearing. He apologizes for not 
uh, answering his, his phone because he was wearing his noise-canceling ear warmers. <laughs> I like that they're ear warmers. Oh, they're ear warmers. Not just headphones, might... they're ear warmers. I've actually no, might... had, like, those ear warmers that have little speakers, like, headphones in them. Ooh. Oh, I need some of them when winter comes around again. But not, like, noise-canceling <laughs> headphones. Mm. And and he has sort of fixed the uh, the debigulator and make setting it to rebigulation mode, and instead <laughs> gets a gigantic of... can of soup. <laughs> yeah, it's duct taped back together, and and he hits the can with soup, and it gets bigger. Yes, and, and then, then it... it just starts vibrating. It gets more bigger. And I think he says, "Oh, it's a it's a perfect serving size now." Yes, and then it grows more. Now there's now that's too much soup. <laughs> hmm. uh, so anyway, it's the uh, Cade's back at the dam. It is about to be busted. He is dangling from this platform, which has begun to collapse rather precariously, as if he was in a Spider-Man movie. Yes, <laughs> Spider-Man has to come rescue him. But instead, he gets these little itty bitty, smaller than an inch size robots, and they manage to rescue his incompetent butt. It's like yes, it, it's like it was shot for 3D. It's like it was directed for 3D. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Yes. There's a pretty music bit where Blades has to drop himself onto a button to release the hose. Cannonball. Yes, it's really adorable. He does say cannonball and, and transforms to robot mode and, and falls onto it. And it's really cute. He's a precious child. Also, all of this is Cade's fault anyway, so I yes, suppose it it's fair that yeah. he is the one in peril. Yes, and so so they managed to radio using his device, you know, it's heat, it's heat wave. I've got the others with me. Where, where are you? I'm on Cade's shoulder. What? <laughs> no time to explain. Like, no, no, you have time to explain. <laughs> are is, you crushing him right now? This is a thing you need to explain. Crushing. I mean, what's the reason this time? Anyway, and he he does end up climbing this hose back to safety, and it's great because it's just an Adam West Batman climb. <laughs> yes, you, you expect to see I don't know Bob Hope uh, poke his head out of the out of the side of the dam. Yes. Oh my God! What did you hide your stash? Are you ready for lap time again? Oh my God! You're being such a baby tonight. Meanwhile, Graham and Danny have reached the dam. They spot the obvious problem that is this minivan. <laughs> and so they call in Cody with a shrink ray, and you know, and they ask, you know, so so did Doc Green say this would work? His exact words were, "It's worth a try." <laughs> and yes. listen, when when I'm dealing with something that basically alters the nature of reality, I want at least a ninety percent chance that it's going to work, and not, I don't know, invert my molecules. <laughs> it's like. I trust Doc Green's tinkering better than I trust, like, the shrink ray from the Venture Brothers. Well, I mean, yes. I feel I mean, like at this Doc point... Doc Green is definitely not running on amphetamines, for one thing. They're basically, at this point, they're saved by the fact that we're just about out of episode. And so <laughs> yeah. there's not time for more to go wrong. As uh, as as they would do on uh, as they did once on Mega's XLR, it is time to hit the end of episode button. Yes. Yes. Oh, so many good buttons. More shows need labeled buttons, randomly labeled buttons. Yeah. So anyway, they they get back to the fire station. They they rebigulate the uh, the rescue bots who are now back to the normal size and now covered with a giant sized amount of sewer filth. <laughs> yes. Hmm. 
which everyone and, hey, it points looks, out. It looks like Cade's going to weasel it, weasel out of this again because here comes Haley. But no, she has come to help wash because a car wash is a great second date. I mean, which, like you get uh, kind of wet and soapy. I I think that Skids would agree strongly. Oh, is, is, is he hoping for a cool hand Luke situation here? I think what's actually going on mm-hmm. is that he thinks that she's there for him, but actually she's just here to, to hit on Heatwave. <laughs> yeah, she's it, just it, here to have a I, Skids and Charlene moment with Heatwave. It's the car. Chicks dig the car. I mean, that, that sounds much better than what does seem... Ha- it, it's... Really annoying that Cade ends up with the girl after this episode. Like that, um, no bad, bad 80s plot. Why is I this mean, happening almost, in 2012? Almost everybody gets like a semi-recurring love interest. Well, that's boring. At some point. <laughs> I mean, I can. I would have expected that kind of for a children's cartoon. I don't know why they still do that shit. But the... Considering how he set this up, it, no, no, he should be punished somehow in this episode. <laughs> so now I'm I'm reminded of a a time many many years ago, back in the far far past of 2001, uh, when me and uh, and my friend Chip were I was uh, staying with my parents for a bit, and we were watching uh, Robots in Disguise. Uh, and they cut, there, there's part of the episode where they cut directly to a scene of, uh, I think, Kaji, the little kid. I think that's what uh, they called him in that version. Uh, Koji. Koji was just scrubbing down on Prowl. And both me and Chip just cracked up. <laughs> and my mom was like, why is this funny? <laughs> it's like, you don't want to know. It's child molestation, man. It's child molestation. Uh. Just soap and prowl right up. And, uh, yeah, that is Small Blessings. Ah, you know, pretty pretty fun episode. Very sort of stock cartoon plot. Yeah, you shrink ray and stuff. But I I appreciate anything where somebody is as much of a jerk as Cade on a children's cartoon. (laughs) It's not, it's not common. I, I did like that at least by the end he is appreciating Heat Wave. Well, yes. Which which will reset again in a few episodes, presumably. Because well, these it, things uh, it, take like they they take time and a lot of sessions and therapy. It's like I like the shrink ray part of the episode. I hate the Cade part of the episode. It's like Cade has been annoying. He's been like your Ultra Magnus, whatever the episode. He's a, or um no Sentinel Prime. Stick up the butt. Just kind of annoying the the jerk of the group. But in this this episode, he goes too far for me. I can hate, see that. Hate him. <laughs> He's being uh, very Katie the, this the, episode. Yeah. It, it is yes. the heteronormative dating, the kind of stalking. Yeah, he is maximum Cade. Yes. Yeah. It does seem a little sketchy for this age group, but such it, it is what it is. So, I believe that now takes us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yay! See, this episode of QQ Sentai, GoGo5! It's a blue-centric episode, but it starts with the Calamity Demon's butler, who's (laughs) half-bug. He's got the, the imp minions, they're out looking for the golem card, which is the thing, the superpower thing that, that, um, 
ended up getting made because um, Grand Witch Grandine empowered a monster and it, it, well, the, he uses regular cards to make the monsters grow big and this golem card makes them stronger and bigger it, it, it's an extra gimmick to explain why they need to use the giant train every once in a while so they don't have it every anyway they're looking around. I, I do like the beginning of the episode with him because it's a cold open with him and, and the bugsters just or the imps just looking for the card and like they found crap looking in the desert or um, mountains. And he's so mad at the imps that he throws one of them at the screen, and that's where the title <laughs> card comes up with the imp's face smashed against the screen. It's an animated bit, and I really like that. <laughs> And then, then uh, they make a cyber gilder monster to infect computers with a virus, and that's the episode in Blues. Like his dad, he's a, the tech guy of the group, although he's not as much of a jerk as his dad. Anyway, the, the monster infects computers, it infects their stuff, he... he Blue creates a counter-virus gun, like what is... He calls it an antivirus gun... It's a gun that shoots an antivirus shield. How uh, weird. How ignorant of actual computer technology is the writing in this episode? There's an antivirus gun, so lots. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, uh, like, take the computer tech in Evangelion and make a dumber version of that. Because it's like some of the computer screens actually do look like computer screens from Nerve. It, it's kind of weird. But he has the antivirus gun, which works and then doesn't work. And then they have to go back. And, and then his father, Mondo, creates, oh, I made my own better virus gun. It's 100% guaranteed. And at the end of the episode, we find out, oh, it's just the gun Blue made. He just stuck a satellite dish on the front of it to improve it, which kind of <laughs> looks like the shrink ray a little bit. From this episode, so, so the dad is a jerk. Like, he was taking credit for his son's work that he just stuck a little few things on us. Uh, he's a horrible dad. And, like, the monster in this episode, they defeat... I don't... I missed something, but they defeat it somehow because it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, they couldn't use the giant train. They had to use their old Zord with the sword. Well, everyone knows that trains are useless against ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Unless it's a ghost train that you can suplex. That was I don't. why the Ghostbusters never had a train. Also, because... <laughs> well, there, there's probably... A a, there has to be a train episode in uh, Real Ghostbusters. Well, okay. Well, I know there's probably a, a ghost train. Yeah, subway, that... Yeah. Anyway, it's... Oh, there's it's, that whole scene in just... Ghostbusters 2 when they're in the subway and the train goes through them. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, but that it, that's not a train versus a ghost. That's a ghost train, which is a completely different thing. You don't even want to get a, a real train anywhere near a ghost train. It's just not, not going to yeah, go so well. Again, like, we've settled into, like, oh, the, the stock plots. It'll focus on a ranger, and then the villains will slowly inch forward their plot to take over the world, will destroy the world. And it, it's pretty good. And and I, I had to look up um, how old... Uh, Kyoko, the comic relief astronaut who's the voice of Asuka from Ava was in this episode because, damn, she's so cute. Like, she's she's not in every episode, but she's so adorable and peppy and helpful. And she's 27 when this was made, and that made me feel better. It's like, okay, woo. <laughs> she's, 
she's technically older than I am now, but, but she's like 27 in this. Like, okay, I I feel okay looking at her and going, damn, she's cute. <laughs> so yeah, it's a basic episode, and oh, the, the the dad is such a jerk. I don't I don't know if they're intentionally tr- like they're trying to make him out to be an odd dad, but he's coming off more of like a horrible dad in a lot of these episodes. Mm-hmm. It's weird. He abandoned his kids for 10 years and he steals stuff they designed and just sticks his name on it, but he did not take the time to remove the name that the son had imprinted on the handle of the gun, which they discover at the end of the episode, which is like, they know, hey, this is just Blue's gun. It's like, And Dad's like, oh, yeah, I just improved it and took credit for it. and Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jerk! <laughs> but what about Ligma? <laughs> no, there's no more Ligma. No, I mean, okay, Cyber Gilder is kind of a good name for a monster, sort of. I guess. Well, it would make more sense if he was his plot involved going into an MMO or something. But yes, or or gold farming. <laughs> All right, so that will do it for uh, for this episode. We'll be back next week with more rescue bots as we get sucked into the Griffin Rock Triangle. Oh man, I have so many thoughts. Until next, uh, until then though, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. Or no, so no, nobody's on Tumblr anymore. No. We're on Facebook. Well, yeah, I don't. <laughs> we have an auto post bots on Tumblr. Tumblr still. And uh, we have a Patreon. Yes, uh, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And I guess we're looking at uh, May at this point. And, uh, oh, yeah, we'll be. Um, we'll do something. Well, we're definitely not going out to the movies, that's for sure. We're definitely no, not seeing New Mutants. Netflix or something. I mean, if they dump New Mutants uh, onto Disney+, Plus, we'll be seeing New Mutants. We definitely yeah. were going to see uh, Black Widow, but uh, I, that didn't happen. I wanted to yeah. see oh, New wow, Mutants. The... That hurts. Oh, so I, ha- I, actually, I actually made a list for what we were going to do for the rest of the year. Oh, my oh, God. Inter- well, anyway, we have our fallbacks. There will be things to watch. There are always things. Yeah. There are always far too many things to be watched so that's right we'll come up with something so until next time i'm rob i'm jen and i'm going to go sexily wash my 98 volvo s70 and i suddenly have the urge to go back and watch venture brothers episodes And my, my Billy Quiz Boy voice is very hard to do because you need a lot of sa- saliva to pull it off. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, if only I'd known you were going to do that, I could have brushed up on my Pete White. Oh, no. I need to watch more of that show. Uh, that is a show I need to catch yeah. up on. Yeah, Pete White's kind of easier to do. but I, I know. I haven't seen the last season, and I forget if I finished the season before that. Okay, I will I think shut I did. this off now.